don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are talking about the week of October 18th through the 22nd. So first, a huge congratulations to Chad Duell, who plays Michael Corinthos, and Courtney Hope from Young and the Restless on their wedding this weekend. If you guys haven't seen the pictures, there are a couple floating around Instagram. Uh, I got to see a few, and it looked like a really great time. So all roads lead to Greece, and there Cassidines lie. A perfect line from the show this week, so let's start there. In Port Charles, Britt and Jason talk about the Liesl situation. Scott is joining them, and through conversation, Jason figures out Scott's computer was hacked. With the help of Spinelli, another favorite character of mine, they trace the hack to Crete, Greece. And I gotta say, I felt bad for Scotty here. He was legit trying to be the best boyfriend, a good friend to Britt by learning all he could about the Huntington's disease. And it was just tugging at my heartstrings. It was comical when they brought up the browsing history. <laughs> and then the pop-up ad. I mean, oh man, Spinelli trying to explain everything was the best. So when Jason decided to go to Greece with Brit, he comes over to Sunny's to let everyone know. Him skipping into the scene had me cracking up. And it led to uh, Jason, Carly, and Sonny talking about their feelings and having everything in the open. It was a nice conversation to have. It is clear Sonny is having a hard time with this, both in the fact that he has feelings for Nina and he's upset that Jason and Carly got that close. And just like I said last week, I think everyone needs a clean break. Jason says, well, this'll help, I'm leaving. Carly's face in that moment, disappointing. I know she's selfish and it's Carly's world or nothing, but come on, Sonny is standing right there. Don't look so disappointed that Jason is leaving. This is a good thing. But I really thought we were going to get some old flashbacks of Sonny, Carly, and Jason and not just Sonny and Nina from a month ago. Laura Wright has been on GH since like 2005 or 6, so there would be plenty of footage to choose from. I just was disappointed that we had to see another flashback of Sonny and Nina. So I thought this scene got more interesting when the trio were talking about Peter. Sonny finally says something about Peter being in Nixon Falls, but not telling him who he is. Carly is trying to put the pieces together, and eventually she's going to find out that Peter's leverage was Sonny, and James was kind of a backup plan. Carly's revenge, honestly, I would love it to be a separate show for all that. And now everyone knows that Victor Cassadine is alive. So that news is spreading like wildfire. So after Jason leaves with Britt, Sonny goes to meet with Ava, and Carly ends up having a coffee meeting, I guess, with Willow at her home. And Carly calls Willow family, which I thought was very sweet. And Willow expressed her concern for Michael. I was trying to think if she ever saw Michael being vengeful, and I don't think she had. She came on the show after... He had that plan with Chase while Nell was pregnant. Because remember, it wasn't until Nell gave birth that then we met Willow because of the whole baby switch. So she doesn't know that Michael can be ruthless, but I am here for it. Vengeful Michael is one of my 
favorites. When he yells, oh my god, it is so intense. And he speaks with such conviction when he's angry. It's, it's the best. In other Quartermain news, Olivia and Ned are trying to have a nice dinner, and Olivia can't keep it together. Again, Liv, you gotta make the executive decision. I feel like she's just staying with Ned now so her and Leo can stay in the mansion and not have their lives be bothered at this point. And I just don't like how she's handling it. I think Ned is being a great stepdad here. He's trying to get all the information to make an informed decision. And Olivia adding that Q's just throw money at problems, and most of the time they do, but in this instance, this isn't throwing money at it, and you can schedule a doctor's appointment for your child without them thinking that there's something wrong with them. I just think Olivia needs to seriously think about this. And nothing she was saying was wrong either. I agree that Leo may see the world differently, how artistic people are sometimes different than others, but if it comes down to your child, like, not being able to respond to a trusted adult when he's asked a question, it's just something to think about. But describing Leo as living in his own world when he needs to live in the same world as everyone else, that's a problem. Leo won't be able to live in his own world forever. He's going to have to interact with others. Now at this time, Maxie and Austin are going to the same restaurant for dinner. And I'm not sure if Maxie is trying to make a new friend or if she does have a romantic interest in Austin, if she still thinks that she's working this plan for Brooklyn. I don't know really what her motive was to call Austin to go out. But I got the feeling that Austin will just pump anyone for information to help his case. He keeps trying to give his father recognition, but maybe Austin's the one who wants it. And also, who is his brother, and is he going to want shares too? The next day, the Qs gather at the mansion, and Maxie comes over to check on everyone. Brooklyn casually strolls downstairs and tells the whole world, yeah, I blackmailed him, I did it, and I'm proud. Michael is fine with it, I, you know, I'm fine with it, I guess, it's not my family. <laughs> Ned, I, I don't think Ned was too keen on this. And by the time Austin left the situation, he had signed the papers that Brooklyn had drawn up, relinquishing his whole claim to the fortune, to the name recognition, all of that. He made it a point to mention his brother. So could he come and be like, hey, I can start this claim up since Austin can't? Something to think about. He says this isn't over, so we're going to have to see. I also still think Jimmy Lee Holt is still alive, and if he comes knocking at the Q's door, I really hope it's Monica that answers. Also, I haven't said this in a while, is anyone going to say out loud in front of Jason and or Austin that Jimmy Lee tried to take custody of Jason to gain ELQ shares with Heather Weber, of all people? Because that's a fact worth knowing to keep the Holt family out of the Quartermain will. And the only one around to witness all of that was Monica. So we got to get more Monica on screen. We did see her talking to Austin in the hospital about how horrible the Q clan can be. And when Austin signed those papers, he was just trying to tug at anyone's heartstrings listening, saying, you know, if this is how your family operates, I want no part of this. No way, not ah. <laughs> and I think that did get to Ned just a little bit, but Brooklyn is quite proud of herself. 
And for a second, I thought, did Austin sign those papers with a fake name? Because that'd be hilarious. Just giving ode to what Lila did a long time ago to Edward. So from the Quartermains to the Cassidines, about a quarter of them are in Greece. <laughs> Sante, Robert, and Anna all exchange information. Of course, Sante wants to go rogue. And I agreed with Anna wholeheartedly when she said, no, you are civilians. You are not part of this. Then we see Liesl trying to help Drew understand how to combat this mental conditioning. And I felt terrible for Drew. Like, here we go again, this memory mapping, soldier business. I just, I, I didn't like it the first time around. I certainly don't like it now. <laughs> then we see Victor following Peter down to Drew's cell, and he tells the guards to execute Peter. Then we get the real deal, and the guards turn on Victor. Peter has paid off the guards. How? I don't know, because the FBI, WSB, whoever, has been trying to track Peter for quite some time. So I can't imagine he has so much hidden money all over the world that he can access at any time. But whatever, this is a soap. I have to go with it. <laughs> so Valentine is then waiting in his upgraded cell when Victor walks in and it becomes increasingly clear that Peter has taken over the compound. Then Drew bursts in. And finally, someone who shoots first and asks questions later, like about time. <laughs> Quickly, Robert and Anna storm the compound. They have reinforcements from the WSB and Sam and Dante are not too far behind. Drew's cell is empty, so Robert and Anna take to the outdoors looking for Peter, Drew, and Valentine, anyone really who would be a part of this. Sante runs into Victor, and although he tries to play them, they did take charge, which was good, and I was hoping that Dante of all people would not trust a Cassidine, especially after what Stavros tried to do to Lulu. So anyway, Anna and Robert catch up to Peter, Valentine, and Drew. And honestly, this could not have been a better scene. Valentine standing up saying, Anna, and then immediately being shot, just too perfect. Drew was then shot three times. I, w I did gasp heavily at the time. I could not believe that they would bring Cameron on just to shoot him a bunch. <laughs> just, it was pure shock for me. And I really thought that Robert would have caught up to Peter Robert is just so determined, but instead we just see Drew falling into the water and his face in the water. So was he going to go missing again? I could not have handled that. Poor Valentine. He tells Anna about Liesl and he tells her to tell his children he loves them. And that was a little heartbreaking. But we all know Valentine is going to survive solely based on there's no news reporting that he's leaving the show. Side note, does anyone else try and stay off soap social media until they've watched their show? I don't like to spoil it because I like all my reactions to be pure. But if a character is leaving a show, we kind of all like get a bulletin about it, don't we? So it kind of helps our minds predict what's going to happen in the show next, like such as knowing that Valentine is not going to die from this gunshot wound. <laughs> anyway, and then we see something crazy. Peter pulls up in a car with Liesl tied up in the back. Drew comes out of the water with a bulletproof vest. So I don't know, is he a soldier? Is he faking it? Maybe he was just going along with this until he can figure out a better way to get him and Liesl out of there. 
So at this time, Victor is telling Sam and Dante about Drew's condition, and I found it interesting that he wouldn't use that for leverage. He's now playing like a hurt little puppy, trying to minimize his role and everything, but he's been found out. This is not going to be easy for him. And who better to question him than Robert? As Anna is tending to Valentine, Robert is interrogating Victor, and this was a very entertaining chat. Honestly, Robert needs a win right now, and a big one. Let's get some DNA tests done first and foremost. We already tested Valentine, I think against, I don't know, Nicholas or Alexis. I don't remember which one. So how are we explaining all this? Is Victor really Valentine's dad? Valentine is healing in the hospital, and I guess Anna is in love with him now, judging by her body language. Uh, he wakes up just in time to say Victor is playing everyone, and even though we kind of know this already, I'm still wondering if Victor knows where Peter is possibly going now that he's on the lam again. We circle back to the restaurant set where Jason and Britt arrive, and I felt secondhand awkward from seeing Jason and Sam look at each other. I don't know if anyone else did. Uh, everyone now believes Drew is dead for a second time. Sante decide to leave. I guess they figure they helped capture Victor. That's enough. I just wasn't down with Dante and Sam's involvement anyway, so go ahead. Return to Port Charles. That's fine. I'm sure we're going to see Sam update Curtis about Drew. Meanwhile, Curtis has a lurker in the Savoy. Is this his father? Is it Stella's ex? If it is his father, why would he have faked his own death? Portia gets a chance to tell Curtis all about Spencer and Nicholas, and as he sees Ava and Nicholas sitting right across the room, he does offer to kick them out, and I thought that was very cute. <laughs> we do get to hear that Trina is taking general studies along with art history, so I'm excited for Trina. I can't wait to see where her character goes. She's going to do big things in Port Charles, I'm predicting. Curtis is then talking about his childhood, and it seemed average until he says his dad died. So that's when I decided the lurker was Curtis's father. Nina arrives a short time later, and she had the nerve to ask Curtis if her reckoning was going to go on forever. Yes, Nina, it is. You messed up so severely this time. I just, I can't with Nina. I don't even want to talk about her anymore. So then the lurker leaves, and he ends up at GH, where TJ examines him. And I think by now it's quite clear that this guy must be family to TJ and Curtis, just not sure how yet. Mind you, all this is happening around midnight. I know that because Curtis said he was catching a midnight movie with TJ when he was talking to Nina. So at the other table, Nicholas wants to remarry Ava and have a big party, I'm sure. Uh, they are a cute couple in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I just don't want them to be long term. I'm sure their next breakup will bring huge drama, so I'm more excited for that than seeing how they are as a couple. And then Britt ends up joining them, and she starts asking Nicholas about Greece. And the most interesting part was Nicholas making that phone call afterwards, as if he knew Victor was alive. As if Victor might have been the one to have helped Nicholas when he was playing dead which led to Spencer's off-the-wall behavior. And speaking of Spencer, he has his day in court. Sonny showed up, but not to help. Spencer was so excited, but then Sonny kind of let him have it. He broke the code. I mean, no kids, no family, and Spencer did both. 
I'm surprised Sonny just said he wouldn't help this time, but I guess since Spencer is family, he kind of has to stay in Sonny's good graces. Esme, of course, is here, and I was questioning where she slept that night. Wasn't at Windermere, wasn't at the Metro Court. Where were you, girl? So as Sonny's leaving, Nicholas is showing up. And does anyone out there agree that Ava should control Spencer's trust? I don't. I just feel, shouldn't it be Alexis or Laura? It's a bit dramatic to me to have Spencer prove his acceptance by giving Ava total control of his money. Nicholas has a heavy conscience about Spencer, so this will unfold in a messy way. Kevin is also at the courthouse. Hooray! Always love to see Kevin. Spencer pleads not guilty and is released into the care of Kevin. But is Esme invited? I sure hope not. Joss, Cam, and Trina were also there showing support and making sure Esme didn't influence Spencer's decision. Great idea. I don't know which one of those kids thought of it. During this time, we also see that Sunny and Nina want to buy Charlie's pub and give it to Phyllis. Great idea, first off. Second, spin-off with Phyllis and Christina would be great storytelling. So everyone decides this gift would be better coming from Sunny, not Sunny and Nina. Sunny also told Ava that he would allow more time with Avery, but by his rules. Sound familiar? As Sunny is discussing the details of Charlie's with Nina, the cops walk in. I thought that was perfect. Now, if Sonny stands up for Nina, that will wreck his family. I can't wait to see what happens with her arrest. I have a feeling Sonny is going to help her, and once he does, that is going to change things, I'm pretty sure forever, with him and Carly. And what will Sonny think of Michael being the one to call the authorities? That will also be very interesting. They have been on the outs before, but they were able to make their way back to that father-son relationship. Could they do that a second time? And finally, the highlight of my week, we see Liz, loving her hair in these scenes, by the way, and her and Finn run into each other, and they finally talk about dating, probably the healthiest relationship these two will have. Then the camera cuts to Terry, and as Terry is learning about Britt's extended leave to look for Liesl, she gets a phone call. I thought it was a medical emergency. I thought it was going to be like Valentine helicoptering in. But instead, Terry goes to find Liz right away. And the bomb is dropped that Jeff Weber has been trying to reach Liz. It's obvious they have a rocky relationship per Liz's attitude, but I couldn't be happier. I have been craving some old school hospital family for a while, and Jeff is a descendant of Steve Hardy and Helen Weber. Jeff fathered Sarah, Stephen, Liz, and Hayden. Stephen is probably still in prison, so I guess he wouldn't be an option to come back. And Audrey is Liz's adoptive grandmother through her marriage to Steve. There are other Webbers out there we could bring in at any time. Rick Weber Jr. is around somewhere, and Jeff has a sister, Terry, who could be out there or have a child out there. Overall, I'm excited for what this brings for Liz. Family drama would be perfect. We'll have to see if uh, Cameron, Jake, and Aiden get to meet Jeff. 
They've had a grandpa and Scott for a while, and now they might meet a guy their mom rarely talks about. Similar to how Liz told Cameron about Xander and how he was just a nobody, gave him no background, really. Also, Terry knew Liz in high school before she came to Port Charles, so I would like to hear her thoughts on how Liz was adjusting to adolescence. It's crazy to think Elizabeth Weber has been a character on GH solidly since 1998 and coming in under intense circumstances, then becoming a nurse and being a real staple on the show. And to have the same actress for almost the entire run. She was only replaced one time temporarily, and it was while Rebecca was sick. Liz has more layers than I've been seeing lately, and I'd like them to be rounded out with some family history. We love legacy characters and families, and you can't get much more legacy than the descendants of Steve Hardy. I'll hang out with another legacy family down at 66 Harborview Road. Thank you for joining me again. Chat with me on Twitter at 66 underscore view, Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, and TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a good week.